Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Florida State of Recruiting podcast. We are the three stars from Tomahawk Nation and we are excited uh, to be jumping on after a hiatus. And uh, we're jumping on with big news. We're going to discuss Florida State's Busy recruiting weekend, busy recruiting month. I uh, get the thoughts of our guys to see how uh, they think the recruiting is going. And just take a second and uh, appreciate what Mike Norvelco and co. are doing down there. Uh, as always, my name is Tim Allenball, and I'm joined by Josh Pick and David Stout. Uh, again, we are the three stars, and we're going to jump right into it. Uh, Dave, how are you, buddy? On the move, uh, how's things been going since we last connected? Yeah, a lot's been going on. Um, I took a new job up in North Carolina, and so we are in the great state of North Carolina now and um, are in the midst of all the moving and settling and, you know, drinking through a fire hose of a new job and all that stuff, but it's been great so far. Yeah, well, hopefully you can change Tobacco Road and get Florida State out of the ACC while you're up there. (laughs) <laughs> that's that is my ultimate master plan yeah it's the whole plan uh josh pick how are you sir what's going on boys good to be back with you boys yeah it's good 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 uh everybody is super busy so we apologize we haven't been on anymore this month but uh sometimes life gets in the way but speaking of things really cooking up and getting in the way of our lives florida state recruiting has just been dominating uh this whole month and especially this weekend uh, first, right off the bat, the big news yesterday, which, uh, David, correct me if I'm wrong, you, you've felt confident about this recruitment for quite a while, but we see that uh, five-star Charles Lester commits to Florida State in front of a crowd, also of Luke K there. Uh, what's your thoughts there, Dave, about, about Lester? Yeah, this is uh, Josh and I were were very confident in this for for a long time, and um, you know it was it was finally revealed after the announcement that he had in fact silently committed to Florida State back during his official visit. Um, but you know, props to Colorado and and props to Dion for overcoming Alabama and Georgia to make it into his final two. They Dion did put a lot of work in. Um, but all for naught because Charles Lester is a Florida State Seminole, and it is a huge, huge commitment. Um, and I hope that, you know, I know a lot of people still have some trauma over the Travis Hunter thing and then Keldrick Falk again last last uh, cycle. But those who were just seeing Lester as another five-star cornerback and potentially flipping to Dion you really have to dive in and understand that these two recruitments were very, very different. Um, and the Lester recruitment really speaks to how incredibly talented this staff is at developing great relationships with prospects. Um, and relationships still very much matter. You know, we get so deep into talking about NIL and money and and all that kind of stuff, but relationships still matter. And the two commitments that FSU got in the last 24 hours are totally great, great examples of that. 
Yeah, um, I think it was on uh, 24-7, uh, I think it was Zach who got the interview with uh, Lester prehand, letting him know that he was committing to Florida State. So it was kind of like the worst kept secret, but at the same time, Colorado definitely made it interesting. And I do wonder how interesting it would have been if, if we all weren't still suffering from Travis Hunter trauma. Uh, Josh, what kind of player is Florida State getting in Charles Lester? Uh, they're getting a long uh, athletic cornerback that can come in and compete for playing time right away. And this is a kid that everybody in the nation wanted. Nick, you know, when Nick Saban and Kirby Smart wanted DB, that tells you a lot about a kid. And this is a kid that's very, very good. And it's just nice, just not only the coaching staff, but in the relationships, but kids like Luke Kay and Cam Davis and, you know, all the recruit, all the commits to Florida State are also helping lead the charge for Tribe 24, which is great to see. And the cool thing about is, yeah, he is he is considered a cornerback, but he is talented enough that they should be able to cross-train him. He could play safety if you really needed him to. Like, if, if depth required it, he can flip over and play some safety. And I think my favorite thing about Lester is he is your quintessential alpha dog where, you know, when they're going up reps, one versus one, best on best, he always seeks out the best player on the other team, and he wants to guard that assignment. And if he ever loses a rep, and the rare occasions he does lose a rep, he's he's the guy who runs right back to the front and makes sure that he can go again. David, this is one of those uh, old-school Florida State secondary dogs. Am I, am I right in saying that? Oh, yeah. This, this is the kind of guy that Mickey Andrews used to just love to have in the backfield. Very, very confident, um, but at the same time, very savvy and very intelligent. Uh, these are guys who understand angles. They understand how to bait the quarterback into throwing bad throws. I mean, this I'm, I'm really excited to see Charles Lester work because you think about it, he's going to be going up against guys like Hakeem Williams, um, Elijah Moore. Like These are some stud wide receivers in the making, and he's going to be going up against them every day in practice. And so iron sharpens iron, as we always say, and uh, the sky's the limit for this unit, man. I'm really excited about this commitment. Yeah, so moving to today with the big announcement, um, Josh, we were talking about ITT's commitment earlier before the show started. It's been weird all around. Can you kind of just touch on touch on how that was just kind of a roller coaster from the start? Yeah, I mean, I think it kind of came out of left field for Florida State fans, but I think uh, General Manager Derek Ray is kind of laying the groundwork there with his California ties. And last cycle, he was the reason that Florida State was able to get Blake Nicholson to come from California and end up at Florida State. And so it kind of was like, no one's ever heard of this kid. Oh, Florida State's leading. And then it was all of a sudden he visits USC and then commits to USC. And it's like, oh, that was strange. Because, like, Florida State was going to get him. And then kind of quiet, quiet, quiet. Oh, he's about to flip. Oh, he's about to commit to Florida State. But it just shows you that Derek Ray, and as David mentioned earlier, the relationships of the staff continues to lay down. And Derek Ray and Alex Atkins were the two big ones in that one. And you know, a lot of people are like, oh, Atkins is the greatest recruiter on the staff. And he is, but this one's not getting down without D Ray. Yeah, those yeah, West Coast ties. With, definitely. Oh, go ahead, Tim. Yeah, I was just gonna comment how much the West Coast ties that the D Ray has brought on have have paid dividends. Uh when you think about all the off off uh field staff that they brought on, 
he's probably been the one that's paid off the most. But go ahead, David. Uh, you wouldn't mind finish your thought there and then talk about uh, what Florida State's getting in uh, in Mana or Mana. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm glad you guys brought that up against uh, about D Ray because he they need to pay him and and pay him whatever it takes to keep him in Tallahassee because he has been amazing in that role. Um, another really great guy, relationship-based. But I think the the ITT saga, I guess you could say, um, is your quintessential example of, you know, a kid knowing that he has really good relationships in place at, a, at, a, at one spot and then going to another spot, getting dazzled, getting wowed by a bunch of shiny things and committing on a post-visit high. And then as time passes, some of those shiny things don't look as shiny. And you start kind of going back to the deepest relationships that you have. And that was with Florida State. So um, props to the to the coaching staff for staying in it. Um, and we've also talked about um, Jason Zandamella, the other offensive line recruit who committed to, to Southern Cal over Florida State. These are both very different recruitments because with ITT, He's totally fine with distance. He lives in uh, California right now, but he is from the Congo. And so regardless of where he goes to college, he's still a continent away from home. And so he's totally fine with distance um, and relations were huge there. Now, Jason Zanamella, he was sold on a lot more than a post-visit high from, from SC. He loves their academic programs, um, their developmental programs. And so that's one that the, the coaches are still communicating with Jay-Z and uh, the, the communication is two way. We can confirm that, but that's going to take a lot longer. Um, and that's one that they're probably going to have to, if they truly want Jay-Z as part of the class, they're going to have to stay in it and try to get him back on campus a couple different times throughout the season. But as far as ITT goes, um, you know, FSU now has three offensive line commitments for tribe 24. And I think ITT has the highest ceiling out of all of them. Um, he originally came to the United States to play basketball, but was introduced to football and just totally took to football naturally. It's it's just amazing how quickly he has learned what he has learned in such a short period of time. Um, grew up playing soccer and, and basketball, so very athletic kid for his size. Um, moves extremely well. I believe he has an 84-inch wingspan and, and is just already a mountain of a man, and that's without any kind of strength and conditioning. And so as he learns the nuances of the position and footwork and how to balance his hips and, and dip his hips, I mean, there are so many things that he just doesn't know yet, and he's already this talented. And so this is a guy that, you know, you put him in with Coach Storms, you get him in the strength and conditioning program, you get him under the tutelage of a guy like Alex Atkins and, and some of the GAs working with the offensive line like Gabe Fertitta. And this is a kid, I think, who could who could very well turn into an all-ACC type performer in an NFL draft pick at one point. So um, really cool commitment, really cool personal story for him, um, and very excited to have him as part of the class. Yeah, and then David mentioned the three offensive line commits, and all three happened in the month of July also with Jonathan Daniels and Ty Hilton. And I think they're kind of, to me, they're all in the same boat. Like they're long athletic kids, but all kids that are a little bit raw and not going to be able to start at Florida State immediately. And uh, I, I think it would be uh, wise to call out they are the the Alex Atkins mold of being able to play potentially offensive tackle or offensive guard, uh, those swing linemen, which, I mean, I think everybody will see this year 
um, <laughs> is kind of what Alex Atkins loves to find. And uh, of course, they continues to, uh, to to go to that that well every time. Um, you know, as, as you guys mentioned, we won't cover it all uh, for time's sake, but the, the month of July had nine commitments for Florida State. Uh, seven of those were four star or higher. Uh, I think they currently have like a close to 75 percent blue chip ratio. Uh, they're they're in the top seven or eight or six or something like that in the uh, the 24/7 composite. Um, David, I, I want to touch on something real quick before we kind of talk about maybe what's next. Um, there was a period over the 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 summer or especially the beginning where we kind of all took a step back, maybe scratched our heads a little bit and said, okay, well, what is Florida State doing here when, when ITT and Zendamela and others committed? But uh, as you mentioned, those relationships continue to pay off and what they're selling at Florida State, along with, with the contributions from the Battle's Edge and others, uh, is, is really starting to play dividends in the recruiting game. Yeah, absolutely. And this this is um, this month of July has been insane as far as quality and quantity. Um, looking back on Mike Norvell's entire history as a coach, this is the best recruiting month he has ever had um, as a position coach, coordinator or head coach. And that's something I'm going to write an article on in the future here. Um, they just absolutely crushed it in July. And what's amazing is they did this without being able to have official visits for the vast majority of the month. You know, they were able to, to coalesce around some of the June visits and earlier visits. Um, and they were able to bring a lot of guys onto campus unofficially throughout the summer. And they just positioned themselves beautifully to have just an insane month. Um, and my goodness, you could not ask for a better end of July to carry you into August and spring practices. So I'll tell you what, there, there is not a hotter team than Florida state and the nation right now, as far as recruiting goes. And it's the perfect time because it's going to buoy them into the season. And guys, this, I mean, this, this tribe 24 class, we're looking at probably about, they, you know, they probably have close to 80% of the class completed by the time the season starts. And then, from then on, it's just whale hunting. And, you know, I, I don't know that all of the current commitments are going to stick in the class. In fact, there's one at least that I'm very, you know, pretty confident will not. And that's Luane McCoy. But with that, that just opens up another spot for another potential blue chip recruit to come in. And so I'm, I'm really excited about how they finished up this summer on the recruiting trail. And we've got a couple big names announcements coming up, too, before the season starts. And before we get to those big names, I just want to mention a couple of the commitments that I'm really excited about. That's Elijah Moore, n- number one, getting up in the DMV and kind of recruiting that area again, which Florida State was huge on in the dynasty years and maybe even some of the Jimbo years. But just a long, athletic, huge catch radius, knows how to high point the ball, wide receiver, six four and a half, two hundred 200 yards. I think he's vastly underrated, honestly. And then the other one is Makai Danzi, who's a local kid and Kind of, to me, a more athletic version of Lawrence Toa Philly. Yeah, I've heard the Toa Philly comparison a couple times, and uh, I think him and um, and Cam Davis are an incredible one-two punch in the backfield and, you know, wherever they end up playing Cam. Uh, but both those guys have that versatility to be all over the place. Yeah, that's that's that lightning and thunder there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, David, real quick, one name from the past month. 
uh, that you're excited about? Well, it's got to be Charles Lester, honestly. But um, I, I would also echo what Josh said about Elijah Moore. I, I still feel terrible that I didn't really profile him in the that week's visitor article because I just didn't think FSU had a shot. I, I thought he was all Ohio State because Ohio State really wanted him. Um, and again, it just signifies huge victory when Ohio State really wants a wide receiver, just like when Alabama really wants a defensive back like it is tough to win those spots. But, um, yeah, man, Elijah Moore, I, I agree with Josh. He is severely underrated. Um, I, I he's, he's one that those practice battles between him and Charles Lester are going to be epic. I mean, they're going to be epic. I can't wait to hear more about that. Um, so, Josh, we, we kind of have been hinting at it the, the whole podcast. Up next is K.J. Bolden uh, and his decision. I think it's, what, next August 5th, so uh, by the end of this week. Uh, how do you feel Florida State fans should feel going into uh, this announcement ceremony when it comes to Bolden? Well, if anybody's been in the recruiting thread, they'll know that I've been kind of, this isn't going to happen, this isn't going to happen, this isn't going to happen. And I'm kind of still sticking by that, I think. Florida State's done a nice job recently, I think, showing that they're willing to invest in him. Uh, KJ's obviously grew up a Florida State fan, so that obviously helps. I don't think he's visited Tallahassee enough to really feel that confident. And, again, you talk about the competition. He's currently visiting Auburn, and Auburn is spending unbelievable amounts of money to try and get kids right now, and they just flipped two five-stars, one from Georgia, one from Alabama in the last week. Um, and then Georgia's the hometown team. Uh Rayola, the quarterback, five stars now at the same high school as him. And uh, Ohio State, he's got family connections there. So, Florida State could pull it off, but I really, really don't expect it to happen, at least right now. Yeah, as we're recording this, there is, like, updates galore popping up on Twitter or whatever it's called now about how his relationship with Freeze has now become, like, the most important relationship and – that's who he's going to talk to last before he makes the decision, et cetera. So um, I, I don't expect Bolden. I mean, it would be great to have him and Lester in the backfield, but uh, this is just not somebody that is most likely going to happen for Florida State. David, on that note. What a, what a shocker. Freeze being freeze, right? What a, uh, freeze the sleaze, man. What a sleaze ball. Ugh. Uh, I, I keep waiting for him to f go full urban and talk about having a dream about a kid or something like that or visions. Or, yeah, or he's like he's that. totally the type to do that. Totally. <laughs> David, with Bolden most likely not having a Florida State, any other names to know uh, when it comes to potentially who could be next for Florida State as they head into the start of the season? Yeah, I you know I think we're gonna kind of have some quiet. I I tend to agree with you guys on Bolden. I'm I'm still bullish on Georgia landing him, and and I'll be honest with you, I I'm really proud of how Florida State has really surged with him. Oh, it's almost like a reverse situation with Lester, where FSU is kind of in the Colorado seat as far as Bolden is because they really kind of solidified themselves as a top option for him, but um, I'm I'm almost and this this may sound odd. I almost kind of hope he does commit to Florida State when he announces because his recruitment's going to go down to the wire no matter what. And I would much rather have FSU in a spot to flip him late than to have to hold on to him for the next half a year, which I'll be honest, I, I think whoever he commits to by the end of this week, 
<laughs> I don't know that they can hold on to him regardless of who it is because there's just going to be a lot of twists and turns. So I'm, I'm, you know, Florida State will be in that recruitment, but I'm with you guys. I don't think it's going to be the choice. Um, as far as upcoming things, you know, one one defensive back that I really like in this cycle is Julius Solomon. He's slated to announce, uh, I think also on the 5th of August or the 6th or something. Um, seems like FSU has fallen out of that one, unfortunately, and that's what we were worried about. You know, Florida State did a great job on their official visit, but since then he visited Auburn and he also visited South Carolina. Auburn was the one that I've been worried about. Um, and, and at the end of the day, I think he is going to end up choosing Auburn, um, which sucks, but it, it really lessens the blow having Lester in your class. That's for sure. But Solomon is a really good player um, in his own right. Would have would have been a great fit for what FSU wants to do. But he's also the older brother of a total stud linebacker in the 2025 class. And so that whoever signs Solomon will have the inside track to his brother. So hopefully FSU doesn't get eliminated from that one before it starts. But the other name to watch, um, we believe, is linebacker Tamir Hickman Collins, who if you haven't heard that name, that's okay. Most people have not heard that name. Um, It's another Randy Shannon special at linebacker. Uh, he's about six foot one, two twenty. Um, plays for a, a high school in Fort Mill, South Carolina. Um, he doesn't have any huddle highlights, but he has some highlights on his own Twitter um, that show that he has a knack for intercepting the ball. He did get two pick sixes in one game last year, but um, not a whole lot is known about him. But uh, coaches felt good enough to give him an offer after a couple different evaluatory periods. Um, he got his offer in May. He is on campus uh, right now this weekend, so the last weekend in July. Um, and it sounds like if he is given the green light, which it sounds like he will be, he will very likely join the class. Um, and that'll push FSU, by my count, that's 20, right, guys? That's 20 commitments for Tribe 24. So that tells you, you know, you're about 80% done um, heading into the season. And so uh, that would be the one name I would say to look out for as far as positive news for FSU coming up. Yeah, we saw Blostein drop a crystal ball there, so that's not shocking. Chris Nee, I think, had some coverage video earlier on Twitter. So uh, he's, he's definitely a kid that I think, like you said, Randy Shannon special there. Uh, one note on K.J. Bolden real quick. I know we don't expect him, but part of me almost wouldn't be surprised to see him to commit to Florida State for the exact reason that you said, David, uh, because he won't stick to Florida State. And, and Georgia will kind of swoop in at the end or something like that, and 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 pull him back uh, away. So if it happens, that's kind of my expectation, but maybe that'll be good for Florida State. Maybe they can really lay that groundwork. <clears throat> uh, Josh, any other names to call out before we, uh, we call this podcast done? I don't think so, no. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, big weekend for Florida State. Definitely been a huge month, uh, and, and, the, and the coaches keep on churning it out. Uh, Josh, as always, tell everybody where, if they want the latest on Florida State recruiting, where they need to head every day uh, with their with their phones, with their laptops, their 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 iPads, whatever they're using nowadays. Tomahawk Nation recruiting thread, totally free, one hundred percent, never going to charge you. Uh, we usually like to keep it pinned near the top of the website. David and I are always in there if you have questions. Uh, and yeah, check us out. Rank the podcast five stars, subscribe, do all that garbage. And uh, we appreciate you guys. All that garbage. That's what we're looking for when it comes to our podcast. Well, uh, thanks very much for jumping on, guys, uh, on a Saturday night. 
Uh, hopefully this will be out here uh, tomorrow on the website. And uh, let us know what your thoughts. Check us out in the recruiting thread. As always, we are at Tomahawk Nation. We are the three stars. This has been the Florida State of Recruiting Podcast. For Josh Big, for David Stout, I'm Tim Allenball. Let's keep climbing. Thanks, boys.